Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off. And everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What up? Welcome in. This is The Herd. In for Colin Cowherd. Slightly younger, much more debonair. I'm Doug Gottlieb. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening to the show, thanks so much for making us part of your day live from still overcast, cool Los Angeles, where we, unlike many of you in the Midwest and soon on the East Coast, experience in a heat wave. Uh, it's going to be 75 at the beaches, 80 in the basin, 85, 90 in the valley every day, and then, of course, get a little hotter, I think, the end of next weekend. Summer will fully arrive, but the summer of LeBron has, has, has begun. LeBron James opts out of his contract with the Cleveland Cavaliers. That uh, came down the line from various uh, Twitter handles earlier today. That is not a surprise. Not a surprise. Uh, LeBron James has won every right to opt out. That's why his contracts are written as such. And two, he ain't opting in when you can make <laughs> more money and control your own destiny. Outside of that, what was really, you know, why would he do it? So uh, LeBron 
LeBron opts out. And LeBron is a free agent. And oh yeah, by the way, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but today, the 29th of June, is Kawhi Leonard's birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday. And the Spurs wished him happy birthday. Never has a Twitter handle been so awkward since, uh, I guess, probably when the Toronto Raptors congratulated Dwayne Casey on being the coach of the year after he was fired as their head coach. I love NBA Twitter. I really do. So here's where we stand as of today. Various reports yesterday about uh, the Lakers and the Celtics engaged in talks regarding Kawhi Leonard. The Celtics, uh, per their reports, non-committal about who they'd include in the deal, whereas the Lakers, uh, the home run package has not been landed, and so I'm sure they're they're dipping their toe into the Kawhi Kawhi waters, understanding that there's a reason that Magic said what he said a couple days ago. We'll get to that. And then you have LeBron James. Now, I'll give you what I... I, I know based upon the people I know and trust in the NBA. And then I'll give you in a second what I think about LeBron and the sitting waiting for something to happen before he makes that move. Let, let's start with what I know. If you, you're going to sit here and tell me that the Celtics are going to include Kyrie Irving in a trade, I'm going to stop listening to what you're saying. I don't think this. I know this based upon two people I know in the Celtics front office that they love Kyrie and he loves playing there. And they believe that Kyrie Irving, if he's not the best point guard in the league, he's right there in the discussion. And they know that he's a part of, he fits into how they do what they do and why they do it. The only concern with Kyrie Irving would be the knee, right? And that he had, If you know anything about the injury that he had, it was four years ago. Four years ago, he had his his, uh, kneecap broke against the Golden State Warriors in game one of the NBA Finals, a game in which the Cavs lost in overtime. He had three screws put in, and they needed a wire that tied him all together. His first surgery this year was to take the wire out because it was irritating him underneath the skin. Can you just imagine that? Like the feeling of itching and scratching underneath the skin? That sounds so painful. And then he had the three screws removed because one of them looked like it could be infected. If the knee bone, if the, the kneecap itself gets infected, now you got a major problem for the rest of his life, not just the rest of his career. They believe his knee will be fine. That's their only concern. They think uh, Kyrie's a better defensive player than you think. They think he's a better passer than you think. And they already know that everybody knows what a great scorer he is, especially in and around the basket. And, oh, yeah, by the way, while LeBron made one of the great defensive plays in the history of the NBA, blocking Andre Iguodala a couple years ago in Game 7, it was Kyrie who at times carried them offensively and made the big three. None of these facts are lost on the Boston Celtics. More than anything, the Boston Celtics are run by a coach who's brilliant, and they believe Kyrie Irving is brilliant. They get him. He gets them. Not changing. In addition, I've heard, well, why don't you throw Gordon Hayward in there? How good is Gordon Hayward? Gordon Hayward isn't just really good. He was an all-star going back a year ago with the Utah Jazz. Harder to be an all-star in the West, especially in a place like Utah. He's gotten better every year in his career. He can guard and play four positions on each side of the floor. He doesn't have to be the leading scorer or the best player or a superstar. He's getting his money. 
He's very, very happy. But more than anything, he did, in fact, play for Brad Stevens in college. That does matter. In addition, he, too, likes the culture of the Celtics. Those two aren't going anywhere. And then you have, well, Jason Tatum, who, if if it was a one-for-one Tatum for Kawhi, I would probably do it. The problem is that it's not simply that easy. Okay? Jason Tatum is on a rookie contract for three more years. Kawhi Leonard's got one more year, and they have no idea, nor have they been given any thoughts that Kawhi would want to stay. So three years of Jason Tatum not yet in the prime of his career or one year of Kawhi Leonard. And if you remember, when Gordon Hayward signed with the Celtics, when they traded for Kyrie Irving, one of the statements that Danny Ainge made was that both of them fit in age-wise and career-wise to their plan to be successful and competitive during a certain stretch of time. Like They don't want... They're the two cows at the top of the pasture. They're not the one that wants to run down and run back. They want to walk down and stay down for a while. So then you're left with Jalen Brown, draft picks, Terry Rozier, other backups. And even then, the Celtics are like, look, we'd do it, but we have no idea if he'd stay. Don't be fooled. NBA teams leak stories to our NBA NBA writer brethren. The Lakers are the destination for Kawhi Leonard this year or next year. He has let it be known to everybody in the league that's where he wants to play. Do the best you can. If not, we'll do this dance next year. I'll just go and you won't get anything. And the people who are leading you to believe that the Spurs have leverage are the San Antonio Spurs. They don't do this very often. They have a great general manager, great front office, but you know what you don't ever see them engaged in? Trade talks with their star players. And the team I would least want to do business with is not the Lakers. It's the Celtics because they keep winning all these damn trades. So by my estimation, it feels like the Kawhi thing will probably get done. The only question with the Lakers is, are are you willing to play hardball? Are you willing to say, hey, you know what? We're not giving you Ingram and Kuzma. We'll give you one or the other. That's a fair trade. We'll give you a couple draft picks, and you'll give us somebody who doesn't want to be there. I think that's the question. You know, when you walk in on a negotiation, are you willing to walk away? Is your level of confidence? Magic Johnson said earlier this week, remember he was laughed. People killed him for saying, hey, If I don't get guys in the next two years, I'll quit. You don't have to fire me. You feel like Magic Johnson is not speaking out of turn here. He feels that Kawhi's coming regardless. So either give him to us now or we'll wait a year and give it to us then. But are you willing to walk away from the table? Especially with Paul George, who you could have had last year, but maybe didn't have the assets to pull off the move. Or maybe Indiana didn't want to give in to his wishes and trade him to the Lakers. Well, whatever the, the reason is, last year you didn't do it. Now you might not get Paul George. Uh, I have some thoughts on the Paul George documentary and why it would be very surprising to me if he didn't choose L.A. But let's get to this. LeBron thinks he's the godfather. Right? LeBron James' favorite movie is The Godfather. And while the Godfather makes plans, okay, Godfather makes plans, 
and things seem to organically happen and fall his way. The Godfather is in control. Is in control. He knows what everyone's next move is before that next move actually happens. So the, the question becomes, if LeBron James can control this entire situation, why won't he? If he can control and change the landscape of the NBA, the Western Conference, the Lakers, the Cavs, if he can stick a knife in the heart of Dan Gilbert and walk out that door one more time, why won't he? We'll get to that upcoming next. Maybe work in a couple of your phone calls as well. Man, we got a good show for you. Ryan Rosillo is going to join us. Karan Butler is going to join us. Gary Washburn from the Boston Globe, one of their talented columnists, he's going to join us as well. That's upcoming next. Look, we all act as if uh, we want to be a movie star. We want to be somebody else. Ron James wants to be the godfather, right? More on that in a second. Hey, sports fans, the sun is shining. The temps are rising. Summer is officially here. So grab your friends, blast your tunes, and ignite those coals. Because weather like this waits for no one. Kingsford charcoal. Start something. Is there anything better? Is there anything more summer than the smell of charcoal? It's, it, it, it's not really. It's a, it's a question. Um, what's a question that to which the answer is already in the question? The answer is no, there's nothing. But what were you going to say, Ryan Music? Uh, that would be sunshine, Doug. Sunshine? Does sunshine have a smell? I thought I said, does anything remind you more of summer? I, I thought I said, well, maybe I didn't. And some of it is got a little head cold. I thought you summer. said. I thought you said, are you okay, spider? Um, I, thought you, I thought you said, are you okay, spider? Dance for me, spider. Sorry. Part of this is a little bit of a head cold. I literally closed my eyes at 8 o'clock last night. Woke up in like a heap of sweat at like four o'clock in the morning and felt great, so much better. Whatever I had seemed to break last night. Um, I thought I said, does anything smell more like summer than charcoal? Like hot dogs smell amazing, amazing. Popcorn smells amazing. Cotton candy smells amazing. Generally, any fair food smells amazing, but it doesn't smell as much like summer as charcoal. When you're, when you're cooking, like you go by car, you're like, that smells good. And, and this is, listen, next week I'll be on for Dan Patrick. Me and Jason Smith will be hosting for, for Dan Patrick. Um, and we'll get into this discussion. You are not barbecuing. You kick, cook something on a grill. You are grilling. This, I, I understand that it's a very small distinction, but if you're having a barbecue, you know what you have to be cooking? Barbecue. Oh, we're, we're having people over. We're going to barbecue. What are you going to barbecue? Some chicken. Cool. Cool. Some burgers, some hot dogs. Wait a second. You're not barbecuing. You're grilling. Just make sure you get it right. You label it right. Ryan Smith, I'm not, I'm not stating anything that's, that's not fact, correct? You might be correct, sir. Okay. I appreciate that. Doug Gottlieb in for calling this the herd. Um, I think m- most of us, it's interesting. Uh, there's always somebody that you wish you could embody that's like from your favorite movie, your favorite movie star, right? Like one of my favorite movies is Hunt for Red October. Okay, you guys like Hunt for October? It's one of those staples was on T- TNT forever, right? Alec Baldwin plays Jack Ryan, CIA, CIA, uh, CIA analyst Jack Ryan. I don't think I ever wanted to be Jack Ryan, but if I was going to be a CIA analyst, 
that's the one I'd want to be. Um, many of Harrison, like Harrison Ford, Han Solo, or Harrison Ford in uh, Indiana Jones. Like, there's somebody I'd want to be. LeBron James loves The Godfather. Favorite movie. And so maybe this is his way of being the Godfather and being so hands off and allowing things to allowing people to think their things are happening organically, but they're not really happening organically. But look, I would be critical of LeBron letting Kyrie walk out the door. I understand there's this ain't too proud to beg sort of thing. All right, well, like, look, he's LeBron. Kyrie doesn't want to be part of it. Kyrie's gone. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, but there's a business aspect to it. The business of LeBron is better if they're winning and competing for championships, and you're better if it's Kyrie Irving. And it's also something more human to to the, and I think a greater leadership quality. When you go and you take, hey, Kyrie said he wanted to leave. We had a conversation, and he still wanted to leave, and I'm good with it. Instead, he took a hands-off approach. He took the same hands-off approach with when they changed general manager. Took the same hands-off approach when they hired a head coach took a same hands-off approach when they made uh, the second series of trades earlier this year, you know, in mid-season this year. LeBron James has always said, like, hey, I'm just a basketball player here. Those kind of things, but it's not accurate. You know, if when they first fired Mike Brown before he left for Miami, if he didn't want Mike Brown fired, he could have gone and said, hey, whatever you do, don't fire Mike Brown. Because you know what they wouldn't have done? Fire Mike Brown. When when Cleveland changed general managers and Kobe Altman was in, was installed, right? Had he simply said, don't change general managers. Instead, he reacts on Twitter and he reacts, he's so surprised. So this is kind of who he is. He's He has those cards and yet he doesn't at least visibly use them. And And based upon the way in which information leaks out, real or otherwise, if LeBron James tried met with, with Kyrie Irving before he got traded and he still wanted to be traded, you would have known about it. If LeBron James says, uh, fire this GM over my dead body, you would have known about it. If LeBron James says, trade Dwayne Wade or release Dwayne Wade or whatever over my dead body, you would have known about it. He hasn't done that. But now might be the time to do that. Now might be the time to which LeBron, look, dude, Everybody's been talking about you leaving for L.A. And you can do this dance and end up in Cleveland because this is not a year where there's a bunch of free agents. But if you really want to make the L.A. thing work, go say you want to play in L.A. Just go, hey, I'm going to L.A. We'll we'll figure out the rest. The rest will be figured out. Because the second you do, now there isn't the pressure on the Lakers to make the trade for Kawhi. Now you think you get Paul George. And, oh, yeah, by the way, it completely changes the dynamic of all of these different scenarios for three players. If you, if, if you want to make it happen, make it happen. But this idea that it's going to organically kind of play out and, oh, man, I can't believe Paul George didn't go there, so I'm not going to go. That just, you're leaving far, many, far too many things to chance. Way too many things. Um, Cowherd just checked in. I said, Colin, do you want to call in and give your prediction on what happens this weekend? He says, I'm with kids noisy. 
doesn't want to call in because it's noisy where he is. Are we buying that as a viable excuse? That's just I don't want to. He tweeted about it very early this morning. He was up at 6. I saw a 6 a.m. tweet from Cowherd. And it was about Paul George. Paul, and basically what he's saying is, look, if Paul George stays in Oklahoma City, it's only about the money because he can get $40 million more and one more year guaranteed from Oklahoma City. I can read you the exact. But do, are we buying the noisy excuse from Cowherd? I am not. I think he is just in a situation where he's like, checked out for right now and he's ready to but i don't think he's checked out that's the thing about colin and i'm wired that way myself with the lebron thing you can't check out from it you just can't there's no i i think i i honestly think i got screen sick a little bit this week you ever got you guys ever gotten that to where you get like a headache and your eyes hurt like i wasn't feeling well i did i think i wore myself out in my travels and and doing some workouts and not hydrating enough or whatever. And I probably you combine that with some sort of cold setting in. But getting a headache, I think I got screen sick because I'm constantly hitting refresh, trying to figure out when one of these guys, when Woj or Stein or Shams, when one of these guys is going to break this story. So I don't, I, the idea that I'm just going to get away with it, get away from it. Normally, I would understand. I, I, don't like, mean, I don't think he wants to come on to talk about Jameis Winston basically being proven to be a liar. And now what do we, why did Jameis Winston only get three games? Another dude's supposed to get six games. We'll get to that in the show. I think he wants, but there's no way that he can get away. There's no possible place you can go in America when you're Colin Cowherd and somebody's not going to ask you, what do you think about LeBron today? I think that that's maybe why, that's what I mean. Like, not like checked out. Like, obviously he's following what's going on. But the idea of like coming onto the show, formulating ideas, trying to be interesting and thought-provoking with the conversation that he's going to have with you is a lot different than just, let me type out a tweet real quick, send it, and then be on my way. Mm. Mm. Let's get to Ryan Music with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Doug Gottlieb in for Colin. Ryan Music produces the Doug Gottlieb Show, which you can hear daily, 12 to 3 West Coast time, 3 to 6 East Coast time on your iHeartRadio app, Fox Sports Radio affiliate, or Sirius XM Channel 83. What do you have, my friend? Well, Doug, did you know that there is an NBA team for sale right now? Actually, one of the more popular NBA teams. Uh, I don't know if it's for sale yet. But yeah. I believe it's going to be. It, th- there's rumors that it's going to be for sale. That's true. The New York Knicks, everyone is playing uh, connect the dots to see what will happen next with the Knicks. But they do believe that James Dolan will put the Knicks up for sale. Uh, this is sort of coming around after earlier this week. He said that he's going to take the Knicks and the Rangers and move them into their own separate company. And that makes them more easier to sell and amidst this news madison square garden the stock price continues to go up and so people think that this is all sort of starting to shape into the landscape that dolan is laying the groundwork to end up actually selling the knicks yeah there's some lyrics from uh, some song he released last year about you know that people think it's awesome to be a be an nba owner and not uh so let's let's clean up a couple things. You're the news. You got to make sure you clean this up. The Knicks are not officially for sale. They are Pe- not for sale. People think they could be for sale. Correct. If the New York Knicks do go up for sale, they will command the highest dollar far and away in the history of the NBA 
maybe in the history of professional sports in terms of value. And you might ask yourself, wait, wait, wait. You're overstating it. It's not football. Okay? You're overstating it. They haven't won. There's another team in New York. Uh, I believe if you get the Knicks, you get the Garden. That property. Here's how valuable that piece of property, Madison Square Garden, is. They did a building renovation of that. Took three years, all three uh, three off seasons. They put a billion dollars into the building. Into the building. A billion dollars into the building. So let's say the the building is worth two and change. I'm talking two billion and change. The NBA team, the Clippers, the second team in LA that don't own their own arena, that have never won anything. Ballmer bought them for you know two million and change. Correct. All right, so the Lakers are worth in the four range, and they don't own their arena. The Knicks would have to be worth in the fives to sixes. Billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. Three commas with a B. What else you got? Well, Doug, I know you're a big fan. Did you know that there is, in fact, a You didn't a like golf... the three commas thing? You just let the three commas thing go away? Well, I know, like what, I, I know what TV show it's from, but I don't watch that TV show. Why not? Why don't you watch Billions? I don't. I just haven't gotten it started. I, I have understand. to. I'm supposed to start Game of Thrones before my girlfriend breaks up with me. Because yeah, I haven't I done promised it. her I'm going to catch up to her before the new season comes out. Yeah, the problem is if you start... Uh, uh, if you know, like, if you if you download the new Drake album, there's like 50 songs, <laughs> right? You'll never get to Game of Thrones if you're trying to decipher which one of these songs you like or don't like. Doug, there is a golf tournament going on right now, so that means we are going to check in with one Eldrick Tiger Woods, actually playing some of the best golf he has played this year. He has scored seven, count them, seven birdies so far. He has moved into a tie for 11th, but he is only four strokes back of the lead. And uh, from some of the reports that I have been following, it looks like he is striking it well off of the tee box. That's what his uh, strength is for today. Look, the big thing was the putter, and he's changed putters, right? He's changed, completely made a a putter change, which is which is big for him. Not he put the Scotty Cameron back in the bag. He's five under for the day. You mentioned uh, that he he was he's tied for 11th. That's up 37 spots from where he started the day. Some of it is the course, right? Playing in uh, playing Quicken Loans National in Potomac, Maryland. Some of that. But some of it is, I've told people, Tiger, Tiger's hitting the ball well. His back's not an issue. The chipping and the putting, that will come. He has never had an issue in the head consistently putting. He just didn't make putts. These things come and go. I still think he's going to win big by the time the year is over. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Gary Washburn works for the Boston Globe, does an outstanding job. He, like the rest of us, is following the Kawhi thing, the LeBron thing, the Celtics engagement in the Kawhi thing and how it relates to the LeBron thing. He joins us now in the Herd on Fox Sports Radio. G- Gary, what what do you know in regards to how the Celtics are playing this potential Kawhi trade? I just think they're looking into it. I think anytime you have a chance to acquire a player of that talent and you have the assets to do it, I mean, the Celtics, as everybody knows, there's a lot of assets, a lot of good young players, first-round picks, et cetera. When you have those type of assets to offer, and maybe the Spurs might give you a workable deal knowing that they might not want to send them to the Lakers or to the Western Conference. So I think if you're the Celtics, you kick the tires, 
on that type of deal, you see what the what the Spurs are asking for, and you see if it's something that you want to do. I, I just think it's kind of exploratory for them. I, I I agree with you. I also think, and you tell me if I'm wrong, because you know this team even better than all the rest of us do. Why would you do business with Danny Ainge, right? Like all of these trades, he wins on. And and if 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 you people keep doing deals with a guy and he keeps getting the better end of a trade, at some point you go like, maybe we shouldn't be trading with him. Um, I I understand they have all those assets, but they have the assets for a reason, and that's because Danny Ainge has found a way to accumulate all those assets. Why would anybody, especially the Spurs who don't trade often, want to trade with the best trader in the NBA? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's a good question. I'm sure that, that when his name comes up on some of these caller IDs for GMs, I'm sure like it's kind of you you just push block or you push uh, you hang up. You don't you don't take the call um, because uh, of the potential deal that might happen and, and, and the fact you might come up on the short end. But I think if you're the Spurs, you know exactly what you want. I mean, you've kind of figured out over the last couple of weeks that Kawhi does not want to come back. Yeah, he does not want to be in San Antonio, and you don't want to go through this year-long menagerie of basically carrying him and trying to trade him during the season because you'll get worth, you'll get less than a dollar for that. So I think they have a good idea of what they want. They know the Celtics player, so I think they know what to ask for. But I, I think that they know they're not going to take a questionable deal, or they're not. They're going to take. They're going to ask for Grant. They're going to ask for Tatum. They're going to ask for first-round picks. They're going to make sure they come out on top of this deal, whether it be with the. Celtics or the Lakers. We're going to pass for a lot for the Lakers. The Lakers have a lot to offer, and you probably need to deal way more than the Celtics. Uh, last thing in regards to the Celtics, Gary Washburn joining us in the Boston Globe, uh, covering the Celtics, all things New England sports. Okay, so there are people that operate on this assumption that Kyrie Irving is going to go to New York next offseason. I was in Boston last week. I talked with two different executives. I had lunch with one of them, and they were like, like, look, of course Kyrie is not going to sign extensions. $80 million difference. He likes it here. We like him. Everybody thinks we can win a championship with this roster. Like, what, what's the reality to uh, the type of nervousness you believe would exist in Boston ultimately losing uh, Kyrie Irving? Well, I think there will be some apprehension. I mean, I, I, I did not expect Kyrie to tell everybody, hey, I want to be in Boston for the next 15 years. I didn't expect that. Uh, he's going to play close to the cuff. I do think he likes Boston. But let's face it, New York was on one of the, on the list of the teams that he would not have minded been traded to when he asked for the trade for the Cavaliers. He, I mean, the Knicks and the Nets, he was, he was okay with that. And so, obviously, uh, with the cap space next summer, the Knicks are going to accumulate they're going to probably try to make a real run at him. Now, the question is, are the Celtics coming off a NBA Finals appearance? Are they coming off a championship? Are they coming off a you know, stunning elimination in the second round? How this, what is, happens with this season? And I think that goes into Kyrie's thinking, do you leave a championship team for the Knicks? Uh, do you want to be the face of that franchise? What's the state of the Knicks for the Nets uh, in 2019? We, we don't know that. Both franchises seem like they're on the rise now. They're doing, starting to do good things. The Knicks are getting out of the abyss. The Knicks are making good moves and finally rid themselves of that Celtics trade. They've given all their assets that they're going to give. Now they can keep their own. So I think it's the state of those two franchises. What happens this year in Boston? And then how comfortable Kyrie is staying in Boston? All those factors play into it. So if I'm Kyrie, I'm not surprised that he said he didn't commit long-term. I think it's a concern, but I think the Celtics know 
we have the assets, the talent, the Tatums, the Browns, the Warfords, the Haywards, to keep him here because we'll have a championship caliber team. No question. They just opened a new practice facility, which is state-of-the-art. It's the best in the NBA. They have a coach that everybody in the NBA respects, an ownership group that's been willing to do whatever it takes, and a general manager who's done all these moves. Like, I, I, look, I get the allure to New York. I, everyone in the NBA wants to be the guy who can get it back to the uh, Red Holtzman days, okay? But ever, so many have tried before and failed, whereas the Celtics seem, seem ever, ever so close. Gary Washburn joining us, uh, national NBA writer for the Boston Globe. He joins us in the herd. I'm Doug Gottlieb filling in for Colin. Last thing, I, I understand that you're talking about another human being's decision that none of us truly know what will happen. But if you were a betting man, you're going to put your salary on what happens. Uh, LeBron, Kawhi, Paul George, in that order, where do they play next season? I think LeBron goes to the Lakers. Uh, I think Kawhi uh, goes to the Lakers. I think George stays in Oklahoma City. I think George is comfortable there. I think uh, the, the, the Spurs have to figure something out, and I think the Lakers have the most sense to offer. I mean, I think you can. I think if you you can regenerate your team with a Brandon Ingram, a Kyle Kuzma. Josh Hart and two first-round picks. You can, I think that's a good return for Kawhi, who was going to leave after this year anyway. So yeah, that's that's a that's a great return. If I'm the Lakers, I don't I don't I don't think the Lakers are trading both Ingram and Kuzma. I could be wrong. I don't think that, but that's if you can get that and you're the Spurs, you do that deal today. Yeah, I think you wait until the Lakers get desperate because who knows what's going to happen in free agency. Um, I think the Spurs are at the advantage there because they know the Lakers are desperate to make a splash. Anthony Johnson just put his job on the line last week by saying that he, he's going to get a premium free agent in the next two years. And you've got LeBron looking at, at Magic like, okay, what kind of help are you going to get me? Because I'm not going there and playing with Lonzo Ball and a bunch of kids winning 46 games. I'm going there to win a title. So I think a lot on the line for the Lakers. Uh, but I do think LeBron goes there. I think he magic figures out a way to get Kawhi. Gary Washburn does a great job. Follow him on Twitter. He does work in the Boston Globe. He covers the NBA for a living. Gary, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Doug. I'll just I'll only add this one point. Okay, and this is important. So, ESPN's doing this little mini documentary series. They're six, seven minutes long, whatever. And part two came out yesterday, where Paul George went to Ibiza, Spain, and he actually sat down. He sat down with Dwayne Wade. I, I, some of it is made for the documentary, right? I understand like documentaries, even though meant to look like real life, they're not like reality shows. The more you do a reality show, the less it becomes real. On the other hand, I, I feel like this is more important than we're, we're, we're giving it justice. We'll get to that upcoming next. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is The Herd. Switch jobs before Doug Gottlieb in for Colin. This is the hurt. Uh, look, some people lock themselves in their room and they just come out with a decision. Um, I'm not that way. Usually, I call friends, people I respect, and almost always, what you should do is when you're going to go work for somebody new, you want to talk to people who have worked for that person or that group before, don't you? Don't you? That's like you want background research. You want to be able to ask hard questions about people like, hey, what's this dude like? 
when I went to uh, when I went to CBS from ESPN, I was doing radio and I was working for uh, two guys I really like a lot uh, who actually just left their company. One is Chris Olivero, and one was uh, Eric Spitz. Eric Spitz just went to work for Sirius XM as their program director. Anyway, Steve Levy, who uh, works at ESPN, was super close friends with Eric Spitz. I think they used to be roommates together before they before Spitz got married. And Levy got his start working on WFAN in New York. So after my first couple of meetings and it started to become a possibility, I went and pulled Steve Levy aside. I was like, what, what's, what's this dude like? Oh, he's the best. He's this. He's that. You know, he doesn't like this. He likes this. It's what you do. It's what everybody does. I'll never forget when I was also, this is when I was leaving ESPN. I was going to do a TV. I did a TV show at night and a radio show, show during the day. So I, I called Scott Van Pelt and I said, um, and I called Cowherd as well. And, uh, and both of them said the exact same thing. They said like, dude, when you do a radio and a TV show during the day, like everyone says, well, it's only, you know, another hour of work or in TV land. If it's, thir- if it's, if it's 30 minutes, it's, you know, 22 minutes of work or 44 minutes of work. The problem with it. And I thought that Scott, encapsulated best he's like look when you're doing a tv show and it's got your name on it you never don't think about the tv show you might be home but you're not really home and you know the radio show is the same and so even if you're using the same topics it's the mental hurdles like that that's a lot more work than you think it's a lot more work than you think coward said the same like i'm not sure if you read but colin i think his run with speak for yourself is going to come to an end this tv show on fox sports one and it's not, it's not that he wasn't good, but that's just a, plus he's getting up there in age. You guys don't know, Colin's actually 72 years old. He, he looks really good for his age. He's actually 72. The point is that, and, and, and when Colin left ESPN to come to Fox, he was asking me, we never, we didn't talk, it's never about talking about money. Like, never, you never talk about somebody's money. But he was asking me about like how they treat you, that's, uh, I was at CBS at the time, how they treat you, what's it like. You know, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking, well, if you could go back and change something, what would you change? And I could just get the sense that he was feeling me out to ultimately make a, a massive move. I grew up in Southern California. I lived in Southern California a couple years ago. We were talking about the market, places to live, kids in schools, all these other little things. But more than anything, somebody who had made the jump, had made the leap, he talked to a bunch of us. Ryan Rosillo is going to join us upcoming in about an hour and a half. You know, Rosillo made the move from east to west. And I'm not sure I offered him any quality advice, but we talked about it 10 times over. That's what you do with your friends. That's what you do with people you respect. Like, hey, what's it really like? Smart. Paul George went to visit Dwayne Wade. Now, look, Dwayne Wade's second stint with LeBron didn't go well in Cleveland. But I'm still led to believe that Dwayne Wade is best friends with LeBron James. You go and sit down with the best friend of LeBron James in your documentary when you're considering going to play with the L.A. Lakers, presumably with LeBron James. Like, what more of a sign do you need? What more of a sign do you need? Well, he's working out with Russell Westbrook. I, I, I don't think this. I know, I know Cowherd kills Westbrook, and I think there's a lot of parts of Russ's game that I don't like. You know, Russ's default is, the hell with it, I'm going to do it myself. 
right, which is great, but it doesn't necessarily all work that way. You know, I'm just going to do it. The last game in Utah was a disaster. And if I'm the Lakers and I get to sit with Paul George, hey, let's just throw on some game tape and let's watch the third and fourth quarter against the Utah Jazz in game six. And just know, like, that's who Russell Westbrook is. He's not a bad guy. But to be a guy who believes that at the end of the day, he's be- a bad shot from Russell Westbrook is better than a good shot from you. The hell with it. I'm going to do it myself. That's hard to live with for another year. When are there issues? And is it hard to play with LeBron James being the second fiddle, taking some of the blame? Sure. But you're going to get the ball. When you're open, you're going to get the ball right in your rhythm, right in your, right in your sweet spot. He's going to deliver it on time, on target, almost every time. And it's up to you to make it. So I, I, don't, I don't know what greater sign you could have gotten if you were a Laker fan. When you go to visit Dwayne Wade, right? Dwayne Wade is an advocate for LeBron James. And though Dwayne Wade, when he left Miami, it didn't work out great for him in Chicago, didn't work out great for him uh, in Cleveland, he ended up back in Miami. But, but that's not what this, that's not what that conversation was about. Dwayne Wade's a LeBron James guy. And you go to meet with him, you go to discuss things, unless Dwayne said something really, really stupid. You know, man, that ain't, that ain't much fun. Unless Dwayne said something really, really stupid, I, I can't believe that you didn't ask him unless you, all, all the answers you wanted to hear, you end up hearing. And you don't actually, you know, I, the crazy thing is you don't even hear, even when they give you negative answers, if you want to do something, you don't even hear the negative answers. You just don't. You talk yourself into it. Right? It's like you're going on a date with a girl. Your best friend knows knows her. You sit down and he's like, well, you know, she's got this thing that she does where she'll she'll just go off the radar, you know, completely off the grid for like a week on end. Nobody will, I was like, but but she's a smoke show. She's brilliant. She's got her own like job. She doesn't need your money. You know, she high level conversation. And you just completely glossed over the fact that you might not be able to know where she is on earth for a week and it can be really off putting. Like you didn't even listen when they told you that. That's what happens. You had kind of confirmation bias. Like, oh, okay. My sense of what happens. Paul George goes to meet in Ibiza. Like, you have to want to make that trip. It wasn't like he was down the street. Like, oh, oh, Dwayne Wade's down the street. Oh, I'll go down and grab a cup of coffee. You go to Ibiza, sit down, have a film crew come. You're sitting with Dwayne Wade. Feels like we have the answer without even knowing what the actual question is already. Uh, I think many of you have seen Breaking Bad. Many of you know the plight of Walter White. It's similar to the plight of the San Antonio Spurs with Kawhi Leonard. I'll explain next. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is The Herd. What up? Welcome in. This is The Herd. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening to this show, thanks so much for making this part of your day. I'm Doug Gottlieb, not Colin Cowherd, who apparently I said unbelievably is 72 years old. I made a mistake. I forgot that Colin's been lying about his age for years. He's actually 68 years old. He just looks really good for 68. It's a, he's a young 68. Botox is amazing. Really amazing. That was he moved to L.A. 
right? Colin's really a cyborg. That's what he is. Coward to return Monday. And I guarantee if LeBron comes, he's going to say that's what he was doing this past week. Right? Listen, I'm not going to try and brag here, but I'm kind of big in sports. I brought LeBron with me. I was on vacation. LeBron was on vacation. LeBron just happens to arrive in L.A. Any more? Any other questions? Right. We we told Dwayne Wade. We told Dwayne Wade to go get Paul George, and I went and got LeBron James, and then Kawhi Leonard. He's coming anyway. That doesn't really matter, right? <laughs> Kawhi Leonard's basically a mute anyway. We just signed language signed to him to come to L.A. and he nodded. Okay, he, he gave the okay thing with his fingers. I do love the the Kawhi Leonard. His uncle is upset because when they re-upped his shoe deal, wasn't a big wasn't a big boon money wise. Like, look, we could say it's because San Antonio and San Antonio is kind of boring, but it should be pointed out that Kawhi Leonard is really boring. Like, I think Kawhi Leonard is great, not good, great. I'm willing to say third best player in the NBA. Plays both ends. Can post up. Can handle the ball. Become a much, much better shooter than I think anybody thought possible. And can guard all of those positions. But if you think playing in San Antonio is the only reason that he got shortchanged in his shoe deal, come on. There's a personality in there. No, there's not. <coughs> it's okay. Like, we don't all have to have big personalities. We don't all have to have, you know, cameras in front of us to be comfortable and be a salesman. No, no, no. Gotta know who you are. Nonetheless, it does. Uh, th- there's, uh, there's a lot of stories out there. This one is great. San Antonio has informed teams it preferred target in any in any a Kawhi Leonard trade. The Celtics is Jason Tatum. Teams have noted this is likely a negotiation tactic, widely believed in league circles that Boston is more likely to propose a deal centered on Kyrie Irving in future picks. But based upon previous behavior, the Celtics are unlikely to overpay for Leonard. I've talked to a Celtic source, and they're like, we're not trading Kyrie, and we're not trading Jason Tatum. What else you got? Philadelphia's internal discussions have focused on potential trade packages offering various young players and future draft selections. One team source says preliminary discussions with San Antonio revealed the Spurs have a strong interest in a package of burgeoning forwards, Dario Saric, Robert Covington, as well as future first-round picks. A potential more serious offer Philadelphia's weighing internally includes Saric, Covington, and the 2021 Miami Heat unprotected first-round pick the Celtics obtained in their draft night deal with the Phoenix Suns. Like, 2021? What? Like, what? Are, 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 like we don't know what the age restriction is going to be. We don't know what the draft is going to look like. We don't know if the Miami Heat are going to be any good by then. Oh, that is betting up. I'll tell you what, the Miami Heat are going to be terrible in 2021. Let's gobble up that pick. We don't even know if we're going to have a lottery system by then. Remember, they changed the lottery deal in one offseason. They're going to change it again at some point. I mean, that is the use of, that is trusting the process to the nth degree. I mean, if you can tell me what's going to happen in 2021, I need you to buy some stocks for me right now. Right, because, because all of these same people, I'm sure you thought, you know, two years ago, Donald Trump's going to be president. 
right? Oh, yeah, I saw that one coming. Cubs are going to break the curse. The Celtics are going to have the, the best young town in the NBA. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the Cavs are going to come back from 3-1 down. You could have told me that, any of these things, two years in advance, three years in advance. I can tell you this, the Heat are going to be crummy in 2021. Okay, good. Good to know. Noted. Sometimes we got to do business with unsavory types, right? You just do. Sometimes you got to do business with unsavory types. I mean, really, that's the reason that so many of these apps, apps now have taken place of, of buying tickets from a scalper, right? Because you just, even if the scalper is a regular looking dude, you're like, yeah, he's still a scalper. But now you pick the you, secondary ticket mark has, has become like a legitimate business enterprise where it always used to be you go to the corner, a guy would hold up a sign and said, I need two tickets. By the way, trying to explain to somebody who doesn't understand why they hold up a sign that says, I need two tickets, why they actually don't need two tickets, is a, a great, that's like an Abbott and Costello who's on first conversation. Why does he have a sign up that says, I need two tickets? Well, <laughs> he doesn't actually need two tickets. He wants to sell you two tickets. So why doesn't he have a sign that says, I want to sell you two tickets? You got to understand how the laws are written against scalping. And it's just kind of the thing we all do. That's, that makes no sense. It makes total sense if you've ever been to a ball game before. Anyway, I was thinking about Breaking Bad. And Ryan Music's my producer. He, he's like me. Everyone tells him, you got to do Game of Thrones. Got, have you done Game of Thrones? I have not done Game of Thrones. Have you done Sans, Sons of Anarchy? I have not done either. I can't have a conversation with you until you, you watch those two. <laughs> What are you doing? What do you What do you even watch? I bet you watch those like HD TV shows. Yeah, I, I do. Sorry, House Hunters International, which I mean, they always pick out the worst places in House Hunters International. Like, yeah, we we thought we were gonna live on like four hundred dollars, and it turns out it's like five thousand dollars, and it's but we're gonna do it. Just we're gonna just do it. Uh, I was I was that guy with Breaking Bad. I was it took me a long time, and I want to point this out. I think Breaking Bad is awesome. It is not the best television show ever. What it might be is, might have the best premise of a television show ever. Colin says this all the time, and he's right. I'm Doug Gottlieb in for Colin, by the way. This is The Herd on Fox Sports Radio. Says it all the time. If you, can, if you tell me what it is in two sentences, and I like it, you got yourself a show. Right? Two or three sentences, you tell me what it is. And Breaking Bad, chemistry teacher, has cancer, sells meth to pay for his cancer treatment. Like, I'm in. In. What a great premise. Right? What an incredible, like, wow. Becomes the world's most renowned meth chef because of his background as a chemistry teacher that he initially used, uh, he initially got into because he wanted to pay for cancer treatment and he couldn't afford to do so otherwise. Amazing, right? Really amazing. I don't think it's the best. It's the best uh, TV show ever. I don't. Cheers is the best TV show ever. Just you're aware. But I think the premise of it is amazing. And here's the thing. I don't think Walter White wanted to sell meth. That's part of the, 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 he did have this internal evil side, which ultimately comes out, right? It's the opposite of Better Call Saul. Right, which is the spinoff, the prequel to it, to which Saul is a bad guy that some, somehow kind of becomes a good guy. 
Walter White's a good guy that becomes a bad guy. It's amazing. The point is, I don't think he really wanted to, but in order to get everything paid for, all cash is what you have to do. And then if you're going to sell meth, you don't want to sell to the cartel, but you're going to sell it yourself? You're going to put yourself out in the front line? We saw how that worked out. The Spurs don't want to deal to the Lakers. They don't. I mean, do they want to give the Lakers Kawhi Leonard? If they do, you give the Lakers Kawhi Leonard and anything, and you let them keep anything that they have. It would be assumed you're giving them a shot at an NBA title. And, and while the Spurs have been the picture of consistency, the Lakers have been a laughingstock. We're talking five years now. Between the end of... Like, look, the Spurs laugh at the idea. Kobe Bryant had one of the most incredible last games. He, he basically was Derek Jeter, right? Derek Jeter goes five for five in his last game as a Yankee. Kobe Bryant has 60 in his last game. I mean, I don't care how hard you think somebody's playing. To have 60 in an NBA game, period, is superhuman. To do it when you got a bad Achilles, a bad knee, and it's your last NBA game, and everybody's and you, you drop 60? It was insane. But the Spurs are sitting over there laughing. Like, yeah, they're celebrating Kobe going for 60 in a meaningless game. Meanwhile, we're preparing to try and get an NBA championship. They can't get high-quality free agents. We get LaMarcus Aldridge whenever we wanted one. And we already had a center. We had Tim Duncan. We got his heir apparent. So the, so the Spurs, they take great joy in the downfall of the Lakers. As much as you could, as much as, I mean, you can point to the Lakers were between the Spurs and winning back-to-back championship. Remember, the Spurs, many people don't consider, myself included, you can't consider them a dynasty because they never won back-to-back titles. Every other dynasty in NBA history has won back-to-back titles, with the exception of the Spurs. Now, the Spurs should have beaten LeBron the first time around when they missed free throws. Uh, they should have done a better job of defending uh, you know, you know, defending late-game situation, Derek Fisher hitting that, Ball, fish, ball, fish, ball, fishy fish, net. 0.4 seconds to go. I mean, but the, the Spurs, the Lakers stood in between the Spurs and being seen as the greatest modern-day dynasty in NBA history. This is a 15- to 20-year run. It's really amazing. They don't want it, but Kawhi wants to be there. Everybody knows Kawhi wants to be there. That hurts his value elsewhere. He only has one year left in his deal, so even if you get him, you get basically nine months to, co- to convince him that, no, no, he's wrong. He doesn't want to be in L.A. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the Lakers actually have some really good pieces to offer, not just first-round picks, but some young players. Like, this is a deal with the devil that you probably got to make. This is the Walter White decision. I've always done things the right way. But I'm going to swallow hard and cook some meth in an RV somewhere outside of uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. I'm going to sell it for, you know, with the intention of paying off my cancer treatments, which is the bizarre comparison. San Antonio Spurs loading themselves up for a future run. You got DeJounte Murray. They believe they're point guard of the future. LaMarcus Aldridge, they've gotten way more out of him than anyone could have thought possible a year ago when he wanted out. Draft picks, young players, great talent evaluation. The Spurs will be solid until they land their next star, which they have in the past. Whether it's an international one like Ginobili or Parker, 
or a domestic one. I know that Tim Duncan comes from the islands, but he still played in the States. Even Kawhi Leonard, a draft day trade, 15th pick in the draft. They've been able to evaluate better than anybody. They don't want to, but they have to. They have to. Karan Butler joins the show upcoming next. Uh, Tough Juice is not only an analyst for us and Fox Sports, uh, he also does work with uh, with ESPN. He's here with Turner. He does, uh, what is that, players only? Uh, he, he works for everybody, and he knows everybody in the league. He does Spectrum Sports, and he does Lakers stuff. Just going to ask him what he thinks happens. You know, what, what the players of the NBA thinks happens with LeBron James. And if he's coming, who's coming with him? And if he's not coming, does everybody stay? Karan Butler, NBA champion, Fox Sports Radio, joining us upcoming next. Gollybin for Colin is the herd on Fox Sports Radio. Trying to still put things together, right? Like, I will I will commend the NBA on this. For the most part, for the most part, there's been no there's been no leaks. Now, you 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 see Paul George go and visit Dwayne Wade, and I make the assumption you go and talk to Dwayne Wade. Not because you want advice on what to do, but you want advice on what it's like to play with LeBron James. Right? Let's welcome in Karan Butler, who, of course, won an NBA championship. He works for Turner. He works for Fox Sports Radio on the weekends. Chris and Karan, great show. If you can't catch it, download the podcast. He always has some incredible star guest on every week. He also works for the folks at ESPN covering the NBA. Uh, Tough Juice, as of today, what do you think happens? Yeah, I, I still think LeBron... Leaves. I don't think he signs a, a, a one-in and one-out or any deal like that or any situation like that. I, I think that he's trying to survey the market, look at the landscape of things, and you know find a, a, a pairing partner to come near to Los Angeles with or, or be in a, a winning situation. This guy has a lot of great basketball left in him, and he wants to win, and he wants to win now, and I think they capped out there you know, with the Cleveland Cavaliers. All right, so let's start with Paul George, who's all, it's always been assumed that he would be the most likely guy to join him. Uh, we're, hearing, we're hearing, hey, Russ has done a great job. They work out together. They become really close. He likes the organization. He liked playing there, even though it didn't end, end well, uh, which, which is building hope that he'll return. On the other hand, I'm watching his documentary, and he goes and talks with Dwayne Wade. You wouldn't go and talk with Dwayne Wade unless you want to know what it was like to play with LeBron, right? So, you know, do, do you think anything has changed in terms of the plans for him? Yeah, you know what? I think you have to still cover all bases. I mean, you, you, you got a lot of money on the table. I think it's in the upwards of $40 million on that fifth year that, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder can offer him. So that's something significant. And you have to look at the, the time frame and, you know, the body of, 
you know, Paul George's career. He was traded to OKC. He was in a rental in that situation. Uh, he had a devastating injury, which we all remember playing with the Olympic team. So this is a this is a great time for him and his family to uh, you know have not generational riches but generational wealth. And two hundred plus million dollars is a large, large number. And that fifth year means so much. So he just you know crossing his T's, dotting his eyes, going doing doing his due diligence. They're finding out, like, what's the best situation for him and his family going forward because this is a huge situation, a huge decision. Uh, but when I hear your voice, though, you feel like he's still going to L.A. Yeah, you know what? I, I feel like it's 50-50. And before, if you would ask me this last summer when he went into this process of joining that big three and Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook, I would have told you, hey, man, Look, they they got a one-year rental out of this kid, and he's going to Los Angeles afterwards. That's just what it is. He loves chucks and palm trees. But now you look at the situation, it's like, man, I you really don't know. You, you, you really don't know. Was Russell Westbrook enough to draw him in? I know they have a great friendship away from the game of basketball, and they, they, they depend on each other on and off the court. So it's one of those situations where I'm like, yo, it's a 50-50 chance that he possibly stay with OKC. I, I, I was watching the NBA playoffs. It struck me, didn't the Thunder get beaten in the first round in six games by the Utah Jazz? Like, that did happen, right? Like, I understand, If you tell Dwayne Wade you want to win championships, and the Thunder don't really have the ability to add any pieces, Carmelo Anthony's coming back for another year, how is it about championships when you remain with a team that lost in the first round to the Jazz in six games? I think the main reason he met with Dwayne Wade was just about the sacrifices and, you know, the attention that comes with playing with a guy like LeBron James and the expectations. You know, you see it all the time. You know, the superstars are going to get praised and then the others are going to get the others' treatment. And, you know, you want to be awarded significantly from a financial standpoint and maximize that space of playing with a superstar like that because he is the NBA carrot, the face of the NBA for, you know, almost eight to ten years now solely. So, with that being said, you know, I think that's the main reason he met with Dwayne Wade, and he's probably going to meet with others, as you see in the, as the documentary and the series goes on. But, look, they had, a, they had a relatively solid year. You know, guys still was trying to find their role in OKC, but he did an amazing job, you know, had his playoff P moment. You know, he had some highlight moments. And most importantly, Paul George don't seem like the guy that, you know, does well with all the criticism being directed at him. And therefore, you know, Russell Westbrook was the shield. He was the bulletproof shield to, you know, get all that criticism. And, you know, Paul George can kind of just go about his way, play defense, score 20 points, have five rebounds, have five assists, and just be a, a, a second uh, secondary superstar on that ball club. All right, let's get to Kawhi Leonard. Uh, this is a game of chicken, right, between the Spurs and the Lakers. The, the, the Spurs are sitting there going like, hey, you guys got to pay more. You're in our conference. You know, we can trade him wherever we want. And maybe maybe another Paul George happens where you think you're only going to get him for a year and he never ends up coming to you. Meanwhile, the Lakers are sitting there going, wait, there's not value. Everybody else doesn't value him like we value him because he doesn't want to stay in Boston. He doesn't want to stay in Philadelphia. He doesn't want to go to any of those, those places. He wants to come here. He's going to come here. Nobody's going to want to give you top dollar for a rental. Look how that worked Look how that. I mean, look at it work for Indy. Indy end up end up getting a, a great deal out of it. Um, so the question becomes: Do you think ultimately that deal gets done? I, I I just don't think it happens because you're asking for so much. You know, um, Kawhi Leonard is one of the top five players in this game of basketball when healthy. Two way guy, 
gets it done, finals MVP, NBA champion, you know the rest. And I think he's the only guy in this league that can offset some of the superstars in LeBron James and Kevin Durant. And what I mean by that is that he's going to slow them down. He definitely slows them down, and offensively he, he goes back at those guys. So when you're talking about gutting, possibly gutting the, the Lakers roster to completion to get one player, that's giving up a ton. You know, I heard rumors out there that it was Brandon Ingram with a possible pick, and then I heard rumors, you know, that that was false. But best believe where it smokes, there there is fire. And, you know, you, you can't just give up so much because if you do this organically, these young guys are going to be special going forward. You know, two years from now, you're going to be talking about, wow, Brandon Ingram, potentially an all-star, perennial all-star, Kuzma, the steal of the draft, perennial all-star. Uh, Lonzo Ball has uh, unlimited uh, potential, and now he's starting to tap into that. He's working hard in his offseason that I'm hearing. So, you know, that's three guys that, you know, have no ceilings from a potential standpoint. All right, so best guess as of Friday. is Friday is 1030 on the West Coast. Okay, We are not holding to you to this. You're not, you're not reporting it. You're just Karan Butler, NBA champion, media, media magnate, media superstar. Okay, At this point in time, what do you think ultimately happens when the dust settles? Uh, when the dust settles, I, I think that LeBron will be in the Lakers uniform. And I don't know if he's coming with a, a counterpart or anything like that, but I do feel like he'll be in the Lakers uniform. I think that, you know, it's layers to every NBA career. And I think that it's seasons to every NBA career. And, you know, you go through the winter, you go through the fall, and then obviously the summer. And, you know, not in that particular order, but I think LeBron is on the back end of his career. He's still performing at a high level, showed no signs of declining. And life after basketball is something that you have to think about, and you have to think about your your, your family lifestyle and, you know, um, how do you want that to be and making a seamless transition into whatever space that you make it in because it's so many walks of life that he can kind of just embody. The entertainment thing seems to be one. You know, with Space Jam 2, the trailer going to be released shortly after he makes the decision. He has his own platform with Uninterrupted, a, a media platform. He has Spring Hill uh, Entertainment with, you know, making movies and documentaries that's so impactful and uh, powerful and moving the culture. So I think Los Angeles is the perfect market for him to connect the dots and continue to move that whole uh, brand forward, and I think that's why he'll land in Los Angeles. Okay, Karan Butler, Tough Juice. Check him out uh, on the weekends. Chris and Karan's an outstanding show. Also, download the podcast. Follow him in, on Instagram if you want to see some of the interviews that they have as well. Tough Juice, thanks so much for joining us. Anytime, brother. All right, it's NBA champion Karan Butler. Let's get to newsman Ryan Music. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Well, Doug, listening to that interview there with Karan Butler, I couldn't help but wonder, do you guys know what the secret is to landing LeBron James? Hmm. No. What's the secret? The answer to that would be food, at least according to your good friend, Rick Buecher. I know you had him on the show earlier this week with Yeah, he is a big foodie. We have him on our show regularly on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, He wrote a fun piece in the Bleacher Report where he went around asking several people who are close to LeBron about some of if they were to approach LeBron with a recruiting pitch. And we know LeBron, you know, it leaked out earlier this week that he's not necessarily into elaborate pitches this time around. But if you were to get a recruitment dinner with LeBron James, 
What type of advice would these people who are close to LeBron give to someone hosting this dinner? Okay, first thing is he's a big wine guy. Really likes a good glass of wine. Yes, he does like wine, and they did mention that, but those that wasn't even a large part of the story because what they were talking about was the wine goes with the food. Right, no question. So you have to figure out the food first, then you can sort of narrow down what the wine is afterwards. All right, so what food? What's the, what's the entree? So here were some of the t- takeaways. Okay. Uh, he loves waffles. Who doesn't love waffles? And he loves sweet potato fries. Who doesn't love sweet potato fries? But those two things are not formal enough. So the advice they were given no, that's were... Not, that's not true. Absolutely not true. But okay, go ahead. But yeah, so that was the advice was, look, these are some of the things he really likes. So if you're doing your research, you may hear this is what he likes. But I wouldn't go that direction because it's not formal enough for the recruitment dinner. Um, you, uh, Italian food is always a safe bet. But what, what Italian food is such a bland, like, is it like spaghetti? Does he like, uh, you know, and does he like sea, Italian seafood, right? Like, North End of Boston has incredible Italian food, but a lot of it is seafood. If you're not into seafood, you're not as much into the North End of Boston in terms of their Italian food. Well, here's, uh, let, let me lead you into this then. Uh, what you have to do in order to impress LeBron James is whatever restaurant you take him to, you have to have the chef prepare food that off is menu. not on the menu. Off menu. Yes. Yeah, he's off menu. Gotta guy. go off menu. Off menu. But then he's, in a, this is an L.A. guy. It's an L.A. guy. Like he, he's not, that's not a Cleveland thing. That's an L.A. thing. Come on, dude. That's an L.A. thing. Let's, go one, let's go one step further than this, Doug. Okay. You don't just go off menu, but someone was also quoted as saying, you have to be able to prepare food and get food that is usually hard to come by and actually available here in the United States. So you have to go off menu and, that guy. and fly the food in from foreign land. Do you remember the movie Get Shorty? Right? No clue. You've never seen Get Shorty? No idea. Made into a TV show as well. Uh, Get Shorty where Danny DeVito plays like this. I think it was supposed to be like a Richard Dreyfuss sort of character. But basically, it's a, a lot of it is a spoof on, on Hollywood types where he goes to a restaurant. He goes to a famous restaurant um, in L.A., and he orders everything off menu, and then he takes a, he doesn't even eat it, and then he leaves. That's exactly what he does. <laughs> so yeah, that that strikes it strikes me as annoying. Um, what I like to do at a restaurant is say, like, look, never been here before. One meal you're going to eat before you die. What is it? <laughs> okay. And there you go. There's your meal. Uh, and then last little two t- takeaways from this was uh, the other important thing is he likes to sample desserts. So you have to have three or four desserts available at the end of the meal. So I like that. I like that. That's a good one. That's a group thing, right? Bring a bunch of desserts. Just have one scoop of each. And lastly, and, per- and maybe most importantly, a powerful dinner guest can go a long way. People like Warren Buffett, the Dalai Lama, or, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, but a 27-year-old chess master from Norway. These were some of the suggestions given that LeBron likes to surround himself. I almost feel like Buke's pulling our leg on this thing. <laughs> He's just like, and I'm going to ready to Warren Buffett. <laughs> I just got on a plane from Omaha. They paid me a hundred grand to come here and I'm going, turn around and going right back home. Warren Buffett would do nothing for a hundred grand. Are you kidding me? I will tell you that. That's like, it, hey, Doug, can you come talk to my friend for a dollar? Do it, doing, the, doing the opposite. Doing the opposite is also not a good plan, right? Like, hey, look, we know everybody else is going to throw some stuff. But we're just going to have sandwiches, crack some cold beers, go down. To the- that actually is not a bad play, right? Like, look, we're going to go grab some fat burgers, 
some Tommy burgers and just talk hoop. And we're gonna get some. Get we'll stop. We'll get some Modellos, some limes. Jimmy, you cut up the limes. All right, we'll meet you down. We'll go down. We're gonna go sit on a lifeguard stand, and we're just gonna talk about life. Like I do that. I take LeBron down to the beachcomber in Corona Del Mar. All right. Plinky come down there. They get some beers. They get some food. Or even go up to Ruby, uh, uh, Ruby's, which is up overlooking the water. If you can, if you can make a deal over a burger and a beer, or, over ta- or at a taco stand, right? Nothing. What's more LA than a taco stand? But I, I almost feel like Buke's pulling our life. Somebody's going to do that, by the way. Somebody's going to show up with like a world-renowned chef. Oh yeah, an unbelievable menu. Flock, yeah, like some going to release doves, some sort of crazy stuff, and he's going to have an enjoyable dinner, and he's going to go. No thanks. The only way you can guarantee getting LeBron James is if you provide that dinner and you have Warren Buffett cook it. Then you can get LeBron James. Can you cook? Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't say like I'm a great cook, but I definitely can cook for myself and cook a decent meal. You cook for her. Yeah, definitely. All right. What else you got? All right. Let's turn our attention to the New York Knicks and a little bit different here. Uh, earlier, we talked about whether or not James Dolan is laying the groundwork to sell the team. Well, given today's NBA, where players are always trying to take control of their future, such as LeBron James, Kevin Durant, or force a trade, kind of like Kyrie or Kawhi, teams have wondered if Kristaps Porzingis is the next player to force his way off of a team, given his old relationship with Phil Jackson, James Dolan, sort of the rocky foundation start to his early career. However, Nick fans take a deep breath. Uh, Nick's president, Steve Mills, told Stephen A. Smith when asked, are you worried about losing Porzingis? He said, no, we've worked really hard on rebuilding that relationship. Uh, you buying this? You think everything is good in New York land with Porzingis? Yes. Yes. I'm like, look, Christos Porzingis faded the first couple seasons uh, down the stretch, whether it's from fatigue, his body wearing out, and then he tore his ACL and he's still the king of New York. So he's never gotten any sort of criticism. Uh, and having when you can escape criticism being in New York this long, you don't have any kind of negative baggage. I do think they're putting themselves in position to be free agency players next offseason. The next offseason is going to be a huge allotment of NBA players who want to make a let's see what they do. I don't think he's going anywhere. And I do think that after next summer, the NBA is going to put some protections in to keep players with their current teams. So if the Knicks can lock up some young, some good young talent, then I think he likely won't be able to leave, nor will he want to leave. Last one here, Doug. Let's turn our attention to the NFL. Uh, Saquon Barkley, you might have seen earlier in the week, he posted on Instagram about buying his parents a new house. Not sure if you saw that. But the interesting thing is yesterday he was asked about it at an event, and he told reporters that he paid for the home using only money made off of his endorsements. And his goal is to actually never spend any of his contract money that he gets from the NFL. That's what Gronk does. Yeah, he said, quote, I want to follow the Marshawn Lynch method. I don't want to touch that. I want to invest it, put it in the right people's hands, and learn as I continue to make investments and just live <laughs> off of the endorsement deals. Like you said, Gronk's another player who does this. Now, it's Look, it's, it's genius if you have the ability to do that, right? If you have the ability to live off your endorsements and have the rest of the stuff, Gotta go away and never see it, never have to worry about, you know, like the rest of us, when you take out money, do you get the balance update? I do. Do you get the balance update when you take money out? No. You don't? No, but I mean, you're a father and you have kids and a wife and a far more complex 
financial right. So I don't happening. know. I don't know the exact right. like where, what's going where and where yeah. it's going. My wife handles all. I that know stuff. where my money goes unless I understand. But you don't identity. get the balance update. No. I'm stunned by that. I would have thought that guys that make that don't make as much money and that aren't as old that you're constantly worried about. How, should I be taking this money out? Oh, I only have however much money in my account. Well, I feel like I just put everything on my credit card anyway, so I'm not. Really... So do you ever concern yourself with how much something no, is? I regularly check what what my running balance is on the credit card. I just can't imagine these guys being smart enough at that young of age to to understand this concept and to be financially that adept. And never, they'll never have to look at a credit card statement or a bank balance ever if they're doing it the right way. We'll see. But isn't that the point is that like the NFL players are always asking to get leverage back from the owners in these CBAs. And now granted, people, a lot of players, almost all players are not as popular as Gronk or Marshawn Lynch or Saquon Barkley to only live off their endorsements. But isn't the fact that these guys need to save money so they can actually use a holdout as real leverage to sort of get, you know, all of these Guaranteed contracts yes. or all the stuff that yes. they are always asking yeah. for. Like, yes, if you want to know, like, in, in, the, in the real talk of the NFL, last time around the collective bargaining agreements and they had the lockout, NFL players were a week away, the owners were a week away from canceling preseason games, which makes them a lot of money. But NFL players had to give in. They didn't sign a good deal. It was a bad deal. And the next deal is going to be a bad deal because they won't miss, they can't miss a paycheck. There's just, we're talking about a handful of guys that have the wherewithal and the ability to not live above their means and not deal without having a paycheck. Uh, this is the exception, not the rule. Yes, if they were all great in great financial shape, then they could hold out and they could drive it, to, you know, stick it to the owners, and they could get longer guaranteed contracts. They won't. They don't. And Saquon Barkley and Marshawn Lynch and Rob Gronkowski are the exceptions, not the rule. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Jameis Winston has suspended the first three games of next season. A confusing message sent by the NFL to the NFL's players. But does that message make more sense when you take a breath and dive in? We'll discuss next in The Herd. Pro customers at Lowe's save 5% on every purchase every day when you use your Lowe's business credit account. That's 5% on all purchases in-store and online, subject to credit approval, U.S. only. So buried amongst the the non-stories that we're tracking about LeBron James and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard is a real story with Jameis Winston. Two years ago in the offseason, he was in Arizona. And uh, this is March of 16. And there was the Uber ride that went bad. Girl, compl- girl was a driver, Uber driver, complained on Uber, and he got his Uber account. Basically, he can't, he can't use Uber anymore. Can't use Uber anymore. So he uses Lyft. Uh, sorry, not really something. Anyway. Um, and it was a very, very strange story because at first... The story came out, and you're like, man, Jameis Winston, you know, groping a girl. How could you be so dumb? How could you be so dumb? Regardless of what did or did not happen at Florida State with the girl, with the crab legs, with the internet meme, uh, regardless of that, like, you got to be smart in that. And then there was the, wait, she's got it all wrong. 
it wasn't Jameis Winston. It was the third guy in the car. One of his buddies came to defense. The third guy was not named. But that's, I think, what we all believe, right? Uh, turns out that Jameis Winston, at least for a portion of time, was alone in that car and now has admitted to doing something. Remember, he wrote an apology that we talked about yesterday. First and foremost, I would like to say I'm sorry to the Uber driver for the position I put you in. It is uncharacteristic of me, and I genuinely apologize. But according to NFL.com's Tom Pelissaro, Winston refuted, refused to apologize for anything specific, such as inappropriately touching the Uber driver, because he doesn't believe any touching actually happened, as it was alleged. And then he asked the question, if you didn't think it happened, why are you not appealing the suspension? Again, this is according to the NFL.com. Winston couldn't be sure nothing happened because he was drinking heavily that night of the alleged incident and couldn't clearly remember uh, the events. So the NFL negotiated a settlement with the Buccaneers quarterback that involved a three-game suspension. Winston had had to promise not to appeal it under the settlement. Winston wouldn't admit guilt, but he would have to admit that he was drinking, which is something he has apparently given up. So, look, this has caused an outcry from a lot of former NFL players, some current NFL guys, and some pundits. Like, hey, it's supposed to be a six-game suspension anytime there's any sort of domestic incident. The Josh Brown had the one-game thing. He gets three games. Tom Brady gets four games for... gets four games. Four games for deflating footballs. Um... Now, some, one of the reasons Tom Brady got four games for deflating footballs was he wasn't willing to either admit guilt or accept any sort of settlement. Like this, we have to remember. You, this is when you get caught, when you get arrested for a crime, oftentimes the newspaper put, well, he could be sentenced from a year to 20 years in jail. And the guy ends up getting probation. You're like, yo, what is the deal there? Like, well, when you're a first-time offender, that's what happens. Jameis Winston's not being suspended because they have any proof of what the young woman, what the woman said. They have proof that the guy's a dope, but he keeps putting himself in these situations to which at some point, you know, it's, it's going to ruin your completely ruin your career. And, and I, I, in many ways, I feel for Jameis from this perspective. If he really did nothing wrong with the woman at Florida state, then all the rest can be dismissed as just immaturity, right? Like the first thing he got in trouble for at Florida State was a BB gun fight. And, oh, yeah, by the way, he he didn't want to pay for a, a refillable Coke, so he got a water cup and kept refilling it even though they told him not to. Like, I got to be honest, I've done that 10 times over. And now I have to be the parent that tells the, my kid, hey, we can't do that. We were Blaze Pizza. My kids are like, I got them all water cups. Because I, want, I legitimately wanted to have them drink water, and they're all getting lemonade. I was like, yo, we didn't pay for that. You, you can't do that. I said, do you want me to dump it out? Well, now, no. <laughs> Let's not do it again. Um, if you read what's alleged to have happened, you would say three games is a bit excessive. If you know about his background, you would say three games is just about uh, – is is not is not enough. And so combining those two not having proof three games becomes a lot because it gives validity to anything he's ever been accused of in the past. Where's LeBron going? Where's Paul George going? 
Where's Kawhi going to end up? We continue that discussion next in the herd. What up? Welcome in. This is the herd. Wherever you may be listening, however you may be making this part of your day. Thank you so much for joining us. Hundreds of iHeart and Fox Sports Radio affiliates nationwide. The iHeart Radio app, the Herd Podcast Radio Network. Live from sunny Los Angeles. Potential home to not one, not two, but maybe three NBA stars in the very near future. I'm Doug Gottlieb filling in for Colin Cowherd. Colin will be back on Monday. I want to talk some super teams and whether or not we really like this thing, right? Like we all say, we're like we're supposed to say we like it, but do we really like it? And I do think there's more at stake here than just the super team. Here's what we know as of now. LeBron's opted out, so he's a free agent. This is not a surprise, but it was made, you know, Twitter official earlier today. Nothing's official until it's Twitter official. It's like with relationships, nothing's official until you switch your your status on Facebook. So LeBron has opted out. We don't know on Paul George, but Paul George is, oh no, Paul George did, he opted out as well, right? Paul George can opt out. So both are free to leave and sign with other teams, but that does not mean they can't re-sign with their current team. They can't sign a one plus one, a two plus one, whatever. They can sign other deals and remain with their current team. Kawhi Leonard has not been traded, but the Spurs are at least open to the possibility of that relationship ending, and they're trying to they're trying to get somebody to overpay for arguably the third best player in the NBA, but a guy with just one year left in this deal, and someone who told the Spurs to their faces, "I'm out, and I like to play for the Lakers." So that that's what we know. Uh, Paul George. What we've heard is Paul George is considering staying because of his close ties to (coughs) Russell Westbrook. Well, he liked the organization. Apparently he did not watch game six yet that he played in, in Utah. He's just remembering game five and his uh, playoff Paul moment. So Paul George considering staying in Oklahoma city. On the other hand, he also visited Dwayne Wade in Ibiza asking for some advice. What would he be asking advice about LeBron James on vacation? He IG'd out uh, jumping off a cliff and one of his sons, Bronny, also jumping off a cliff. So whatever level of engagement doesn't change because he's on vacation, but he is, in fact, on vacation. And we've heard as much from Kawhi Leonard as we usually hear from Kawhi Leonard, which is nothing. We just know that the Lakers want him. He wants to be a Laker and maybe the Celtics want him, although the Celtics, they would love to trade for an NBA star and pay less than whatever the going rate is. That's what we know. What do we think? That's maybe more interesting. Let's welcome in a a good friend of mine, good friend of uh, Collins as well. He's got his own podcast. It's a really good one. Uh, When he's had his own national radio show, it's been outstanding. He's Ryan Rosillo. He joins us here in the herd on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Did I miss anything in terms of what what we think as of right now? No, I, that was really good. I, I forgot I was coming on as a guest there for a second. My bad. Uh, the Abiz, no, 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 I didn't see it that way. Like That was really good. I was laughing about the Game 6 joke um, because I felt the same way about Westbrook in that game. But the Paul George thing in Abiz, like, and I know that we're supposed to pronounce it differently now, but I'm just not going to do that. Um, How are we supposed yeah, to pronounce it? Wait, no, tell me. I, I honestly don't know. I think cool people say Abisa. Abisa? Yeah. 
Yeah. Abitha? That was like... Wait, right, Abitha? Was, like... Yeah. Abitha with, with a TH? TH. Who's the golfer like that? The, what's the guy with the with the ponytail uh, who... Oh, Jimenez? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Jimenez. I just did it again. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So if, if it's Abitha, then we also have to say, you know, scores are nil. And, uh, you know, we have to use other pronunciation. Anyway, okay. So you were, <laughs> I totally interrupted your flow. I apologize. No, no. I just think it's funny. Like if Paul George is staying with OKC... Um, he has this five-part sports center thing that he's doing. So they were probably like, look, we can't just not do anything here. You know, like you're going to have to go visit somebody so we get some footage. Uh, so, you know, if, if he's not going to leave as a free agent, that's not as nearly exciting television. So let's start with the LeBron thing. Um, didn't, didn't stay with Cleveland in the opt-out. We knew that was going to happen. Knew that was going to happen this week. And now you're left with, if Cleveland is in play, could they have done anything? Do they know of any deals they can do to improve that team? Because I had a hard time believing that LeBron would go back to Cleveland if nothing had changed. But I had never ruled Cleveland out. I still think it's L.A., Cleveland, and Philadelphia. Now, the L.A. part of this is really weird because it sent, the sense is, Doug, that more and more people are like, you know, George might just do a one-and-one here or a two-year deal and then hit the market again when he has more service time and get an even bigger contract which seems so weird, not because of the money part, but just him not going to L.A. when he told the Pacers, this whole soccer started over two years ago, when he told the Pacers, hey, man, like whatever you guys want to do, but I'm going to L.A. And now he's going to stay in Oklahoma City. So if George is out in L.A. and the Spurs Kawhi thing is held up with the Lakers, I, I can't fathom that LeBron would go to the Lakers by himself. That's, again, if Cleveland hasn't improved itself. But... I, like that would be as unlikely of any of these scenarios. Forget the trades, the different things. All the, like LeBron going to play with that young core with no certainty of any other star joining him. I, I still can't fathom that that would happen. But I, you know, I'm I'm kind of at a loss here, as it seems like less guys are moving around. Yeah, I I I get offered this as a different perspective. Um, didn't he enjoy playing with the younger guys in the regular season once they made that trade? Like. You still want people, you still want to walk in the building and it'd be like, oh, hey, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron's, LeBron's here, right? Like, I understand in the playoffs in order to win big, you have to have some experience. But if we, we look at Miami, he didn't win in his first year. We look in Cleveland, he didn't win in his first year, although he got to the finals in both of those years. Um, couldn't you sell him on, hey, dude, why don't you just come? If you come, Paul's probably coming. Kawhi's definitely coming. But more than anything, like, <clears throat> spend a year Get to know all of us. Get to know the young pieces. See guys you like. See guys you don't like. You're not going to win this year anyway. Next year is the year in which you can pick and choose. If you don't love those guys, like maybe you get Clay. You could be a Jimmy Butler. You can pick from whoever you want. Why not just come? Like if and if you were. If, by the way, if he's staying in Cleveland, he's had all season to figure out a way to stay in Cleveland to get a deal made to have something already done. I I just I feel like sometimes we we want the the table to be perfectly set for him, and that's maybe what he's used to. But isn't it at least a, a thought, go with the young guys, elevate all of their games, and then pick and choose who you want to add next? Well, I, I see what you're saying there, but there's, there's one major flaw in that, is that why would Paul George come after LeBron decided to go to L.A.? Like, these guys talk to each other. He is close with Paul George. Like, why would they be keeping it a secret from each other? I can understand LeBron's camp and them being very tight with all this stuff. They do a great job with it. And them not you know, giving any kind of tell here. But if I'm LeBron, I, I'm not, if I want to play with Paul George, like I know if he's staying in Oklahoma City or not. See what I'm saying? Like he's, he's not going to sign and be like, hey, LA, I'm coming. I'm going to do a one-year and an option. 
I'm going to do the shorter term thing, even though LeBron's going to be looking for the longer one here soon. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to come to LA and then I'll see what happens. He would already have the answers to that by being able to talk to all of these other guys. Like the Durant news that he talked to Durant, that meant, that was sexy, but it doesn't mean anything because Durant's not doing anything. He's not leaving Golden State. But it's also part of the bigger thing here of this off season that that LeBron's talked to all of these guys. So to me, like it isn't news, but it also means that he should have gathered information. If all of a sudden, like, what is Paul George not going to tell LeBron ultimately, like, what he's going to do? Like, if LeBron called George and said, "Hey, what are you doing?" I'm not telling you, dude. <laughs> and then, I mean, it would be beneficial to both parties. But but, but you, all, you also know you, you also know. I would say this, um, and and I pushing guys over that threshold, right? Like, look, you walked away from your radio show. Is to me as a ballsy move. He did, but that, that took some nuts to do. It's a hard thing to do. And, and as much as you could say like, Hey, Paul, you know, he went and saw Dwayne Wade. He said, LeBron's cool. You know, it's LA, it's the Lakers. Again, you know, how many times have, how many times have you threatened to move to LA when you didn't do it? How many different guys have we said, well, I'm walking out that building and they didn't do it. It's just that, that last little push, I could see where they're communicating. And he's like, I think I'm coming. I think, you know, I just, I need some time. I need to think it over. And he's, you know, he's kind of replay. And again, some of this is he's remembering it a lot more fondly than he should remember it. Like all, if I'm the Lakers, my pitch to Paul George is just turn on the game six tape. And it was awful, right? It was, it was horrendous. Watch that game six tape. Be like, you want more of this? More of for another well, year. Right, but I mean, but I, the, the fact that he was out there and it hasn't dawned on him yet that, hey, dude, this is never going to change. This Westbrook thing is never going to change. But what you hear about Paul George, and it's not a bad thing, is that he's more impressionable. That that he might be the guy the day of that's like, hey, I'm, I love it here. Like, this is awesome. I love working out with Westbrook. Like, I have heard this from numerous people this offseason that George really likes Westbrook. So even though we watch it from a basketball standpoint and go, how could anybody really enjoy this Westbrook thing? And I don't want to fight with Oklahoma City fans. Like, it, there's enough evidence out there that it isn't fun to play with Westbrook. And George somehow, like, whatever that is, it's, 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 it's potentially here, you know, because we still don't know for certain here. But it just the rumblings are that, that I just haven't heard from as many people. They're like, okay, yeah, he's going to bounce. I'd heard from one agent, you know, a couple months ago, and then Flam Magazine ran with it and said that I was reporting George was leaving. And that's not even close to what I did, but that's what everybody does now. Um you're right. Like you would think that would be part of the pitch, but I mean, why would he have to go back and watch it when he was out there with? Him? By the way, I'm going to aggregate all your thoughts and repeat them in my next segment. That's what I'm going to do because that's that's what we've become. Uh, Ryan Rosillo joining us in the herd here on Fox Sports Radio. I, I do think I think guys like I I think guys like off season Russ. I think they like Russ the guy. I think Russ as a human being is a great human being. I really yeah, do. I would agree with those. Um, I, I haven't, I've never heard anybody say like I don't like Russell Westbrook. I just think. You know, when, like just to jump in real quick, you remember that play where Westbrook was trying to get like the tenth assist, and they were against the Warriors. Yes, believe, yes, and the Warriors and were laughing at him on the bench. They were laughing at the bench because they were mad that the guy didn't take the shot. And it was like that told me. I think there's these little moments, like when Kobe told Dwight Howard, "I know who you are." That's all I ever needed to know about Dwight Howard, despite mountains of evidence that you know would also prove that Dwight's not the greatest teammate. I thought that moment told you a lot. Like, dude, he's doing it again, and Durant sitting there laughing, going, "This is so much more fun." Like I think that's a real thing. Yeah, I I do t- I do too. I I think it would be. Now there is the other side to it, which which no one brings up. Is it really fun to play with LeBron? You know, I mean, like, look when 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 he left Miami, Chris Bosh was quoted as saying, you know, Kevin Love, you go there. Remember, you're going to have to play center, which is true. Okay, and he's gonna he's gonna give you the ball, and if you don't make it in the first half, you're not getting the second half. 
And when things go wrong, it's going to be your fault, not his fault. Like, again, if you can accept all of these things, we would all agree LeBron is great. But there is a prevailing, there is some some sort of thought in the media, which I'm not sure is shared with the players, which is he's awesome to play with and he makes you better. All of those guys that were traded there performed better with their previous teams than they did when they got to play with LeBron this year. And I'm not sure how much fun they actually had. So is, is, are we only looking at it as a Westbrook and we're not looking at as from the LeBron might not be that much fun to play with? I'd rather have a little less fun in losing the finals than a little less fun in losing the first round. Agreed. But the love, the love Bosch examples, like what you're saying, like I haven't, there's certain things I disagree with that I still have an open mind about. Okay. And LeBron isn't always great to play with. I have an open mind about it. Like, yeah, if you screw up, it's going to be on you. And if he screws up the defensive rotation, it still might kind of be on you. Um, you know, he's going to get the love because he's, he's, but he, this dude is, I think sometimes we forget how amazing he is. Like we hold every other superstar to this standard that whenever they have a bad game in the playoffs, they go like, oh, really? Is Durant all that? Is Curry all that? Is Harden all that? Is Paul all that? LeBron's doing it every single freaking game in the playoffs. So, yeah, I would, I would listen to some of the smaller complaints, but like I try not to let the 10% get in the way of the 90% that's amazing. And the Bosch love stat drop-off thing, I, I think is a poor... Uh, it's just poor evidence for the argument that LeBron's not actually a great teammate because Bosch got empty stats on a barely playoff Toronto team, and Kevin Love wasn't even close to stepping the playoff team. No, listen, listen. Was, yeah, so like those guys, those stats were going to go down just by being with better players. No question. De- D'Angelo Russell had a great year statistically in Brooklyn. Still, nobody who's a playoff team wants him on their roster. So I, I, I agree with you. Okay, I'm not, I'm not using stats. I'm using the reality of play. If you're going to play with LeBron, you're going to play LeBron's way, right? Like, like you know, like they're not doing a they're not doing a ball moving offense. They're not doing a pick and roll offense. That's not how he plays. Like, look, you're going to play to his strengths. He's the best player. That's really more what I was getting at. And to some people, that's not much fun, right? Some people just doesn't fit. They just don't fit in with that. And have we not at least opened it up to the possibility of enough people have told him, hey, like the LeBron thing ain't that much fun. I, I totally understand how it wears on you, okay, that it is, it's this all-encompassing thing, like he is the sun, and you are just these, you're not even a planet sometimes, you're a moon orbiting around this thing, just like, hey, I'm along for the ride, and all the attention, and when, you know, we don't do as well, we're not as good, well, guess what, like, sometimes that's played out, and sometimes, and I hate the word narrative, like, sometimes it's not always accurate, it was accurate this year, like, that team wasn't any good. That was the worst team roster-wise that he had of this eight years of final run. So, you know, if he was frustrated at times, like, I don't, I don't really blame him. You know how long? Like, I still don't have an answer. Do you know who the third best player on the Cavs was this year? I, I don't. I, I don't would know. just say, like, if somebody said life or death, I'd be like, just end it. I can't answer that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there's also he, he's. You know, the, uh, the thing that bothers okay, me so was... Do you think he's a bad teammate? Do you think he's a bad teammate? Though? No, no. But I, I think he, I think he's like, he's like every super talented person I've ever known, I've ever worked with. In that he's, I think he's actually a good dude. I think he's a good human being. I think he's a great player. But I don't think it's all easy. I just don't. And I also think that he has a, maybe a little bit too much pride. The perfect example is the Kyrie thing. Kyrie says, I'm out of the circus. I want out. You mean to tell me you don't pick up the phone and go like, "Hey man, let's have some, let's 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 chop it up, let's go eat at this restaurant." I'll fly out and tell me where you want to meet. It's not about media. It's not about cameras. 
Let's just talk this out face to face. And then if Kyrie wants to leave, then you're like, all right, good. I'll give you my blessing. Leave wherever. But the allowing the front office to make moves and then coming out to Rachel Nichols and going like, I told him not to trade him for that package. And they traded him. Like, what are you doing? Like, take some ownership over a relationship with Kyrie Irving that had become dysfunctional. That's the part that makes it to where I'm like, he's great, but he's not exactly easy. But I don't, I don't know if any of these guys are. Like, if we're finding, like, like, again, I'm not telling you that you're wrong about the critiques of this, but when I look at the overall package, that this is somebody that we're legitimately talking about being at the same talent level as Michael Jordan, and it's not just a guy that gets bounced out early, that he goes to eight straight finals. Like, there's a value to that. Like, if he's such a bad teammate and it's so overwhelming and it's so bad, like, wouldn't these teams start losing more? Wouldn't they lose earlier in the playoffs? So I would agree that, yeah, there's some ownership stuff. But I still feel like post-2010, when he was made out to be the worst human ever for going down as a free agent to Miami, that that's always stuck with him, that that's, that's burnt him. And they've become a little bit more protective, and they are trying to create more of um, the story around them because, because they don't – like there is that ego and there is that pride. And, yeah, he probably could have found a way to maybe repair the Kyrie thing a little bit more. And it sounds like that story a year later is that Kyrie was going to be traded on his way out, and he's like, all right. Forget this. I'm out of here. I don't want to do this anymore. But when I look at the trade packages with this year and all the stuff that happened, you know, that, that to me was more of a personality thing. That right. team was messed up. You know, they had to get Isaiah and Jay Crowder out of there. So, look. The, the, had to get Dwayne Wade the out of there. Yeah, that one's always kind of weird. I don't, I, I'm still expecting Wade to get, like, some weird contract from Miami that doesn't make a ton of sense that's payback for him opting out in 2014. Like, I almost feel like, hey, they still owe me money. I'm going to go back down there. Is that cool? Yeah, no problem. Because they probably could have used him in the playoffs. I'm not saying it would have changed anything, but that was weird that it was just like, oh, by the way, you can go back for nothing. I, I honestly think it was a personality thing. I think it was him and LeBron and other guys were jealous of, of how, how close they were in, in terms of their relationship. I, I think it was a dysfunctional dysfunction. All right, here, here's what we got to get to, okay? Um, best guess, what happens? Um, it's either a one-year deal with Cleveland or somebody figures out that he's teaming up with LeBron here soon. And... If LeBron goes there by himself, meaning to the Lakers, <laughs> I have to imagine something else is coming by the end of August. Yeah, but that wasn't best guess. Best guess means one guess. You gave me two options, which are ve- both very plausible I'm options. Just, that's why I was so bad on SportsCenter, Doug. <laughs> uh, give me your best guess. What do you think happens? If I gun to your head, this is, the, this is, this is a, a simpler question to answer than third best player on the Cavs this year. I've always thought that Cleveland's still very much in play here. And if no one wants to go to L.A., I thought he was going to do a short deal in Cleveland. So I'm, I'm giving you I'm giving you my best guess. But, like, as soon as I find out, like, if Paul George or Kawhi, you know, end up there, like, I don't see him going back to Cleveland. So, yeah, I'm not giving you just the best guess. I, those are my two thought-out, rational points. Okay, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll work backwards. Do you think Kawhi Leonard gets traded to L.A.? Um, I think Kawhi and his camp have totally screwed this up. Like, if they just wanted to go to the Lakers, that's exactly what they should have said. They should have controlled the message so everybody else knew to not even bother bidding on him because it was a one-year rental. I can't believe they did this thing where they played it out, so now the Lakers' price goes up. He'll have less assets that he teams up with there. But, yeah, and by the way, the Spurs, no one has told me they've even offered him the Supermax, which, which may have solved all of their problems in just keeping him there. So um, if they don't offer him the Supermax, he's going to bounce. It seems like it's heating up more. So I, my best guess was that he ends up with the Lakers. So if he ends up with the Lakers, then LeBron ends up with the Lakers. And then what does Paul George do? He gets to watch a bunch of bad shot attempts and eat sushi. Okay, see. 
Hey, there's some sushi Nikos actually really good. No poop. I'm just going to point out it's, it may, you know, it's not Nobu, but it's, it's the no, <laughs> it's the no, it's the Nobu of, of, of the Northern part of Oklahoma city at Northwest Oklahoma city. So I just want to, no, that's not Northwest. It's I wish Northern. I had known that. Cause I, I got into, uh, I was there for a Sooners game, so I stayed back in Oklahoma City. And it was, you know, those college game day trips back in the day. It was Halloween. I'm getting yelled at on the phone. And um, I ordered some delivery pizza, and it was it was so bad. I, I called to complain, and then the owner of the pizza place called me back in the hotel room to threaten me. Said he was coming by. That's awesome. Pretty great. Awesome. Yeah. I wonder if that guy had, knows knows what you look like in person. <laughs> Ryan Rosillo, the king of Manhattan Beach. Thanks so much, Ryan. Thanks, Doug. All right, Ryan Rosillo joining us. Download his podcast. It's a good one. Uh man. You know, this summer is all about creating the super team in the NBA, recreating super a new super team in the NBA. But have we actually ever uh, articulated how we truly feel about the super team? I'll get to that upcoming next in The Herd. Gottlieb for Colin. The Herd Pro customers at Lowe's save 5% on every purchase every day when you use your Lowe's business credit account. That's 5% on all purchases in store or online subject to credit approval. Let's get to Ryan Music with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herd Line News. Well, Doug, in this endless quest to try and figure out what LeBron James is doing. LeBron James. We may have a hint as to who LeBron James may be playing with, just slightly. A report from Hoops Hype, Alex Kennedy said, several veteran players have told him that if LeBron James does in fact go to the Lakers, they would end up settling for a minimum deal in order to be a part of that team. Um, yeah, I guess the question is who. You just gotta you gotta be careful with how many old pieces you get, <laughs> right? I mean that was their problem this year. To me, to me, old dudes that aren't used to accepting those rules. But do I think LeBron would bring some vets in town? You damn right he would. I, I I just if I'm the Lakers, I'd be very cautious about getting rid of some of the young guys. I don't think they think that Ingram has it in him to be a superstar, but he does. He is a is a diverse skill set at both ends of the floor. Um, I don't think Lonzo's going anywhere, one, because he's not valued as highly elsewhere. But I also think he can play with LeBron James. He's good at playing without the basketball. So you'd, you'd have him. And then if you have, you know, a Kyle Kuzma, a Josh Hart, you have the two draft picks. That's enough youth. And then you got to get some vets to go with him because the vets make the shots in the playoffs. I think it's reasonable. Everybody's just waiting to see what LeBron does. And I, it feels like it's not going to happen here on a Friday. That'd be a news dump Friday story, right? It's something that happens maybe on Sunday, but more likely on Monday. July 1st big is Sunday. Monday, Colin returns. I think that's kind of, it feels like that's when the smart time to, to distribute that information would be. Former Cavaliers general manager David Griffin. He is now a SiriusXM radio host. He said earlier today he's hearing the Lakers will actually get DeMarcus Cousins in free agency. And then they will land either one of LeBron, Kawhi, or Paul George. Haven't really heard DeMarcus Cousins to the Lakers. You think that's smart, especially considering the injuries coming off of? Well, let's see. Um, now, I thought DeMarcus Cousins is not up until next year. 
Could be, I could be wrong. Uh, but DeMarcus Cousins is coming off of an Achilles tendon injury. Now, look, he was having a really good year. He has improved his game. He has matured. He calls L.A. home in the offseason, as so many guys do. I've heard the DeMarcus Cousins thing. But obviously, yeah, that's a coming off an Achilles, that's a huge risk to take. How did it work out for them last time they had a star coming off an Achilles? Uh, DeMarcus Cousins is, in fact, a free agent right now. Um, a lot of people have been wondering with the uh, Dallas Mavericks if they're going to get it on the DeMar's, DeMar, uh, DeMarcus Cousins sweepstakes or also that trade with uh, DeAndre Jordan. The problem with DeMarcus Cousins is, you know, how do you, how do you play him against the small ball uh, the small ball warriors. Uh, that that kind of becomes the question: is does that work? Marcus Cousins out of five, but Marcus Cousins is a talented dude, and it would make sense if you were going to get LeBron because he also needs somebody who he respects and maybe fears as the leader of the team. Right? You don't want him to be your leader, but you do want him on your team. Let's uh, wrap this up here with a little bit of NFL news, Doug. Everyone's favorite quarterback is looking like he may be the starter once again. Of course, I'm talking about Sam Bradford, Doug. Um, their Cardinals rookie wide receiver Christian Kirk told the NFL Network, quote, to be honest, just with what the coaches have said and the way it's been looking, I'm pretty sure Sam is going to start. Of course, one of the biggest stories in the draft this year was when Josh Rosen, UCLA quarterback, ended up falling to the Cardinals with the 10th pick. So we obviously know Bradford's injury history, Doug. How long do you think Bradford, if he does start the season as the starting quarterback, how long do you think he hold on, holds on to that position? <laughs> Isn't the cliche answer till he gets hurt? <laughs> um, uh, look, I I just don't think his body can hold up. I think Sam Bradford's really good. Obviously, might have played the best game of his career week one of the season last year. But then he couldn't really come out for week two. He had the, the knee issue. He's got all that scar tissue that he ultimately had cleaned up. Uh, I I think that he he makes it three quarters of the way through the season before he ultimately relents to Joshua. They're paying twenty million dollars for this one year. They overpaid him, and I think they over. Now it also wouldn't be crazy if somebody has a quarterback go down. If the Cardinals traded him, if they felt comfortable in not just Rosen but also isn't is Stan, who's their other quarterbacks? Is Stanton. Um, it's not crazy to think that they may try and recruit a draft pick by trading him to a team that needs a quarterback. Sam Bradford can really throw, and for the first time last year, he showed the ability to step up in the pressure in the pocket and make some throws downfield. It was just too short-lived with the knee. Yes? You're never going to believe who the uh, third string or second string right now quarterback for the Cardinals is. Remember a guy Matt, Matt Barkley? Who, no, a guy who was supposed to be the starter was a starter last year, but they drafted a young quarterback. Remember? It was oh, that's thing. right, that's right, that's right. I do, I do know this. It's uh, Mike Glennon. Yeah, there you go. Right. No, so they have two guys that can start, two guys that are fine, and then you have your your kind of heir apparent there that eventually you'll turn it over to. So it wouldn't wouldn't be crazy to me if the Cardinals do what the Eagles did, which is look, we got three quarterbacks, we only want to carry two. Rosen's the furthest along of any of these guys anyway. We don't want to start him right away, but if somebody goes down. Yeah, we'd get rid of Bradford in a heartbeat. I would say if he's if he's healthy, three quarters of the year at most, he starts. That's well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. I look at super teams like I look at all these Marvel Comics movies. Right? Now, I didn't fight the Marvel Comics thing the whole time. Like, I liked Spider-Man, the first reincarnation of Spider-Man. Uh, I loved all the Christopher Nolan Batmans. 
all of them. Christopher Nolan's a, a genius filmmaker. I loved all of. I, I love the darkness to it. I, I I just I really liked it. But I you know the Captain America, all the Avengers movies. I like Iron Man, Iron Man two not as much. Iron Man three not so much. We just kind of get caught in the weeds. Like man, how many superheroes are there? And is this a movie where everybody knows superheroes exist? Or is this one of the movies where people don't know they exist yet? And are we going off into space? Like, man, just some of it becomes. I'll, I'll give you an example. I had never seen Gall- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And then I watched the new Avengers movie. And I'm like, you know what? I got to go back and watch Guardians of the Galaxy. And Guardians of the Galaxy 1, really funny. <laughs> the problem with it is there's these intermittent, intermittent uh, fight scenes which are ridiculously unbelievable. They're just, they're not, and you can tell, well, you don't understand the superpowers. Like, fine. It's just really hard to believe these fight scenes, and there's too many of them. And I just have not suspended disbelief enough to totally buy in. But here's the deal. Marvel's comics movies and superhero movies are just like super teams. They're just like super teams. Okay? Like, I don't know. Are you ever going to make a great? I thought Dead, Deadpool is probably the, my favorite one, and it may, it's because it makes fun of all the other movies. I love that one. I like Deadpool. That's one of the, my favorite movies I've seen in the last decade. I laughed. I chortled. I laughed so hard. Super teams are the same way, right? The super team idea is not new. <coughs> the Celtics created a super team when they had Kevin Garnett, they had Paul Pierce, they had Ray Allen. Um, that was a super team. The Lakers have had super teams in the past, whether it was the Shaq and Kobe, which, of course, they built through a draft day trade to get Kobe and getting Shaq through free agency, or whether it was the super team that they got going back in the 80s that was mostly acquired through free agency, uh, through, through the draft, or whether it's a super team that when you had uh, Kobe and they got Dwight Howard and, you know, they had Steve Nash. Like, they try to put, there are different, just like not all superhero movies are awful. Some are okay. Some are great. The same is true with super teams. Some of them end up great. Some of them are a disaster. Some of the jokes fall flat. Some of the action scenes are too much. Some of the storylines are too intricate for most of us to follow. <clears throat> but here's the lasting part about the super team. Sorry, I had to cough. I got a little, I'm working through a cough. I apologize. I don't think anybody truly believes you're making a great movie if you're making a superhero movie. And I don't think anybody really thinks you're making a great team if you're building it through free agency and creating some sort of super team. That's just me. Now, look, part of it is I grew up, um, and I, I guess I'm partially guilty of it, but not fully guilty of it. When I grew up, you had an AAU team, and that was usually the team that you're with. Now, you tried to recruit guys from lesser teams to come join your team, but you wouldn't poach guys from other elite teams to be on your elite team. For whatever reason, that wasn't done. When I went to high school, I didn't go to the high school in my district, but I also didn't go to the, high, to the private high school that had all the players. I went to a public high school that was really well coached that had pretty good talent. I, I guess my, my takeaway is, do I hate, I don't hate super teams. I understand that they've existed for a long time. I like them because it does give you something to shoot for. And I think everybody likes it when they lose. Everybody likes it when they lose. 
So like the the Warriors could have been had this year by the Rockets. Could have been had. Chris Paul couldn't stay healthy. But let it be known, the Rockets are just as much a kind of super team as the Warriors are a super team, right? I mean, they traded for James Harden, which ends up being a great trade. They give him a huge contract, and then they go and make a trade for Chris Paul. <clears throat> like, all of this stuff is, it's different ways of creating the same thing. We all want the idea of creating organically through the draft. But even the Warriors weren't created initially, in you know, organically that much through the draft. Yeah, Clay, Steph, Draymond, all draft picks. Iguodala, free agent. Sean Livingston, free agent. Kevin Durant, free agent. Do I love super teams? No, but some of them are a lot more enjoyable than organically built teams. Do I love superhero movies? I like them all right. They're all right. Some of them are really, really good and really, really clever. And some of them are just a lot of dudes disappearing having these bizarre uh, strengths and stuff. I just, I, sorry, I didn't read comic books when I was a kid. I had a life. I had girlfriends. I had friends. I played outside. I never got caught up in Dungeons and Dragons. The Celtics are not trading Kyrie Irving. The best for last is next. Doug Gottlieb in for Colin. The Herd on Fox Sports Radio. What are you playing here? It's the Avengers. A great movie, by the way. And you wonder why Ryan doesn't always get the call to play the board on uh, on Cowherd's show. Chances that Colin has seen the Avengers. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go low. He already saw it. He said it was great. He did. Yes, he did. He saw it with his son. Then doesn't matter. He said it was great. He said it was great. It was a lot of things. I don't think great was the word. There, there's some good scenes. There's some interesting stuff. Uh, it's obviously setting up. Most everybody dies, which means they're coming back in a future movie, right? Spoiler alert. Come on, man. It's been out for how long? If you haven't seen it, you haven't seen it. <clears throat> if, you like, if you like what you see, that person's probably going to die. That's, that's generally the way it works. Let's get to the best for last. After almost three hours, Colin apparently hasn't gotten to the point yet. Quit holding out on us, cowherd. It's the best for last. All right, so there's this, uh, there's this quote from Danny Ainge that I think is perfect. Danny Ainge calls potential blockbuster deals unlikely. Quote, I feel like it'll help our team. We'll explore er every trade of players of certain magnitude or superstar first ballot Hall of Famer types. Ainge said Friday after the Celtics formally introduced their first round pick, Robert Williams, who I believe did make the call time this time as opposed to last week. We're going to look, we're going to look and kick the tires and see if there's something there. But that's all. I think those things are unlikely. Look. Uh, that's because they're not trading Kyrie Irving. Right? I feel like we're a title contender last... I felt like we are a title contender last year in training camp. I didn't think we were the favorites, but I think we were a contender. Now, of course, they feel like they're a contender. I feel great. We have a lot of players that people like and want. That's a great feeling to have. That's not always the case, and that's the reason we like our guys, too. We have a lot of talent on our team. I'm excited about our team going forward. They're not trading Kyrie Irving. Okay? Kyrie Irving is, at worst, a top 10 player in the NBA. And unless his knee is bad, 
You don't want to get you don't want to trade a top ten player in his prime when he's been in your system for a year. And if his knee is bad, you wouldn't be able to trade him anyway. They're not trading Kyrie Irving. And they're probably not trading Jason Tatum with three years left on a rookie deal. So with that in mind, it feels more and more like the Spurs are trying to drum up interest and trying to find anybody, oh, anybody who can drive up the price in the Lakers. And meanwhile, the question for the Lakers is, you know, how do you do in this trade? We don't have, we don't have a ton of data to go on with Rob Palink and how he does in trades. But if we can use the mid-season trade of Jordan Clarkston and of Larry Nance for Isaiah Thomas, he won that one, right? He won the trade. <clears throat> they did not want, they did not want, they did not want Isaiah Thomas. But Isaiah Thomas's contract was going away, which freed up even more cap space that they needed. They didn't want Clarkston. They thought he was a hangout dude more than a great basketball player. That he was a guy who put up empty stats on bad teams. They got rid of him. He got exposed in the playoffs. They liked Larry Nance, but Larry Nance can't score. He's a bench player. He was just a throw into the deal to make the money work. We don't have a ton to go on with Rob Palenka, but I think he does know a thing or two about smart trades, having been an agent for a quarter century in the NBA. Whereas the Spurs, they've never been in the situation before. I mean, not many teams have been in the situation, but the Spurs, as good as they've been, they've never had a player say, nah. They got Michael Finley for pennies after he was bought out by the Dallas Mavericks. They got Tim Duncan out of the draft. They got Manu Ginobili out of the draft after playing two years in Europe. We got Tony Parker out of the draft. Like, this is not... Remember, they tried. One of the years they won an NBA title, I believe it was 2003. They tried to trade for Jason Kidd midseason. Couldn't pull it off. They're not great at trades. They're good at player evaluations, getting guys to buy in. They're great at coaching, at player improvement. But they have not, to this point, been anywhere near what, for example, Danny Ainge has been on the trade market. Which, by the way, if I'm San Antonio, I'm super cautious of. Whatever Danny Ainge offers, I want the opposite of that. Like, he could offer Kyrie and Jason, and Jason Tatum, like, nah, I want something else. Why? Just because whatever he, whatever he wants and he gets, it always seems to work out worse for whoever trades with him. But Kyrie ain't going anywhere. And I think Danny understands the sensitivity of it. And the sensitivity, this is, this is one of the issues that you have that I think Magic kind of plowed through. Magic openly opining for two uh, max player free agents, though his guys aren't old enough or maybe good enough to have the egos they should, he is in fact saying, we don't have good enough players here. And he said that by saying, look, some of our guys are in the wrong roles. That's, we want Kyle Kuzma to be a bench player, our best bench player. We want Brandon Ingram to be our fourth best, fourth best uh, offensive player. But those guys have been moved up because they got rid of all the old pieces. Danny Ainge calling the potential blockbuster trade unlikely tells you all you need to know. Unlikely and me telling you it ain't happening, one of the same thing. I was in Boston last week. I talked with some Celtics people. They're like, dude, he ain't going anywhere. Of course he's going to be a free agent next year. They're all going to be free agents. And he can get the most money signing with us. And as long as we don't screw something up and he doesn't screw something up, we're going to try and get him back. going to be a great weekend speaking of a great weekend fire up that kingsford kingsford charcoal hey sports fans the sun is shining the temps are rising 
Summer is officially here, so grab your friends, blast some tunes, and ignite those coals. Because weather like this waits for no one. Kingsford Charcoal starts something. Weather is hot everywhere. Uh, Getting out of the heat. I have not seen the new Jurassic, but I'm going to guess somehow, stunningly, there are more dinosaurs roaming the earth. I know, this is crazy. And people are going to get eaten. The CGI will be incredible. The acting will be clever, although cliche. And there'll be something in the movie which leads you to believe there might be another sequel. Now, on the other hand, you have uh, uh, The Incredibles 2, which I did see with my family. And I hear a lot of people going, it's not as good as Incredible." The idea in Incredibles 1 was a great idea. The actual plot and relating to both the older and younger audience, I think is better than Incredibles 2. Go see Incredibles 2 if you had had a choice between the two. No humans, real or otherwise, are eaten in the filming of Incredibles 2. Ryan, by the way, have 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 you seen Jurassic, the new Jurassic? Smith, Ryan Smith. No, I have not. The Ryan I am thinking of is a black. That's right. That's it. <laughs> that's that's from uh, what is it? Uh, hangover, right? The Doug we're looking for is a white. Mm, thank uh, you, Archie Bunker. Thank uh, you. Yes. Thank you. No, uh, you've not seen it. I have not seen it. No. Music. Have you seen it? Gonna go with a no on that one. You have not seen it. No. I. You guys are right in the target demo. You guys are like twenty-two hipsters. You got your jeans rolled up. You get your vape cigarettes. You guys are both going, aren't you? What? I'm forty. Seriously? Yeah, man. Black don't crack. There you go. He's four, he's 40 and he likes Avengers movies and comics. comic strips. You're a Star Wars fan. You're older than I am. I do like Star Wars. But Star Wars is different. Star Wars is not comic books. Star Wars is it's different. There's a Star Wars comic book, by the way. Yeah, but nobody is like, oh, I like the comic book. That's why I like Star Wars. Has the anyone comic, said the book is better than the movie? No one's ever said the book is better No, no one has said the book is better than the movie. All Star Wars fans do is complain about the new Star Wars. It's not as as authentic as the old Star Wars. It's trash. Yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's trailer trash. Uh, Tiger Woods may win this weekend, uh, but he did not. He he finished what he finished in eleventh, and he shot a seventy. Working on a new putter. All right, go back to the golf course and work on your putts. We'll see if LeBron comes. I think he's coming. I think the Kawhi trade's gonna gonna happen. I don't know about Paul George, but if I'm the Lakers, I just show the game six game tape and go, you want that for five more years? Oklahoma City, go for it. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is The Herd. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on! 
6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com.